Hey, thanks for listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. We appreciate the support as always. In case you missed it, we have a newsletter coming out this August. And it's written by our resident funny man, so you know it's going to be fun and engaging. Justin, tell us more about it. Thanks, Nee. In this letter, I tell you everything you need to know about last week's episode in the rundown section, included with links from Tuesday and Friday's episode, another section of what to come, and my favorite part is the media fun stuff. In that, I tell you which movies you could watch on various streaming platforms if you liked what we had to talk about. Listen, fans, because no sport is left behind, it's important to know what's been happening with the Pro Sports Podcasters. By signing up for the weekly newsletter, we will have you front row center for every interview and analytic discussion. So do yourself a favor and sign up. The link is in the show notes. Be part of the conversation and enjoy some of the fun. Once again, we thank you for listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. Welcome all sports fans. On this podcast, no sport is left behind. I'm Justin Williams. I'm Cabrera Ron, and this is our brother from Down Under, me Wallace Bruce. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, filling you in on the latest news from the world of sports. Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. My name is Neil Wallace Bruce, and I am glad to be joined by Mr. Justin Williams. Justin, how are you doing? Living the dream in yourself, sir. Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. We're in the summertime in North America, and we're in the Summer Olympic time. So who better to join us than a commentator who you're going to hear calling many of the volleyball games for NBC and for the overseas broadcasts. Also, a friend of the show who joined us early on in the piece during the AU Pro Volleyball Tournament. It's the one and only... Former Olympian himself for Team USA, now broadcaster, Mr. Kevin Barnett. Kevin, how's it going? What's up, boys? Glad to be back. Indeed, glad to have you back on. And if I'm not mistaken, your apartment is on top of the area where NBC does the recordings or the broadcasts? That is, that is correct. If you're watching New York NBC, uh, Lester Holt and whoever is giving updates, they're doing it right below my room. I can frequently hear them. <laughs> so I'm, a, I'm above hilarious. that studio and uh, just to one side of the Today Show setup, it, it appears. Nice. So you can jump up and, um, you know, quietly heckle Lester as, while you're eating your cereal while he's trying to do the, the New York feed. Uh, someone has dared me to, let's see, what did they have me dropping off of here? I think water or something. One of my producers dared me to do something while they were on air. I forget what it was, but it was, oh, water balloon. That's what it was. He wanted me to throw a water balloon down during a live broadcast. I think that's a good idea, but I yeah, think, you I think it needs to happen. I mean, it is hot and humid in Tokyo. I know what it's like out there in Japan. So let's just go to cool off. I get it. It's all good. <laughs> Could you imagine? He's live on air in New York and a water balloon hits him on the head. <laughs> oh my gosh. The visual will be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, mate. You touched down in Japan not too long ago. What's it been like? Are you still in a quarantine situation or is that all good? No, it's 14 days soft quarantine. And so I'm allowed and in one convenience store that is 400 yards from the hotel. And I'm allowed in my venue and I'm allowed in my hotel. And that is it. Can't use the gym in the hotel. I can't. I don't know what else we can't do here. Can't use the executive floor. We just have to. Keep some distance. 
like a lot of stuff with Corona, some makes sense. Some of it makes zero sense and you just kind of have to go along with all of it. No doubt. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, we had uh, Kevin on season one, episode 11. So if you guys want to go and check that out again, it was a, a very mint episode. But so, I mean, you've done this before, but do you still get nervous when you comment on the Olympics and just all that fun stuff? I mean, I, I would personally be scared. I'd mess up entirely, brutally, like horribly. <laughs> I'm not sure it'd be brutal, but yeah, uh, I don't, analysts, I don't really get nervous anymore. I'm excited for the competition, but when I'm at play-by-play, that's more, when you're first getting started, it's just that kind of push to the end where do I have all my facts and dates? Do I have a good plan to start the broadcast? Where am I going for the first two minutes? What are the, the beats I need to hit? What are the things we, we need to cover before play starts? There's a lot more to do there. As an analyst, I'm cruising along. I'm having a good time. I'm waiting for Paul to do the heavy lifting, Paul Sunderland, my partner, and then I'm just going to have a good time watching the match and talking about some volleyball. So for me, it's really a joy to go back to doing that, which is where I started with this crew at the very beginning of my broadcast career back in 2007. Right. And as we were joking beforehand, I had invented a word, persistency, I think it was what I said. Yeah, that's yeah, how I would brutally <laughs> mess things up. <laughs> No. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, yes, they're fungally out there with their persistency. Knee back to you. What do you say? And you'd be like, <laughs> I what? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's an interesting strategy you've taken there. <laughs> exactly. Um, is there a game that you're really looking forward to calling? I, I think from the jump, it's good. And I don't just, it's very cliche. Oh, they're all good matches. No, this first one is highly important uh oh you may also want to know that canada beat italy in the first set 28 26 hey yeah so go I'm maple a... leafs they're off to another fine olympic performance there we go oh, well thank you i taught them nothing <laughs> so <laughs> uh that was the first match of the day but the last match of the day is the one i'll be doing it's usa versus france and for both teams it's hugely important in terms of not only qualifying for the crossover the quarterfinals but also for their position in that I think the winner of this probably finishes third in the pool. The loser probably finishes fourth if you just kind of lay it out on paper. And if you finish fourth, that's where you don't want to be because you get Poland, which I think is the best team in the tournament in the crossover, and you're probably done in the quarterfinal. And I say probably, and you know, this team will beat that team. It's all conjecture. Who knows what the heck's going to happen? But it's not the case of the first match being a, a warm-up. It, both teams will need to be on point because it's a complete toss-up between two quality medal contenders. Perfect. Interesting. Uh, the, like you said, there's no warm-up, and, and this is this is the pinnacle, as, as you told us in our previous conversation in episode one, sorry, season one. The, the Olympics are where it's at. This is where you want to be. There's no warm-up matches. This is lights, camera, action. But my question is this. Because some teams have been able to play matches probably a little bit more often than others. Are there any teams that are going to be, let's say, advantaged by the pandemic? I know that's a, a weird way of putting it, but it, just looking at the football tournament, I noticed that Australia did quite well against teams, for example, the men beat Argentina. And I feel like that was because Australia had a chance to play more matches while they were during this 15 to 18 months of pandemic and quarantine is it is there something similar on the volleyball side where teams have maybe got a little bit more chemistry because of circumstance i'm not i'm not sure there's been an advantage for number of matches 
those that qualified for World League Finals got to play a couple extra matches that were quality. But that's kind of always the case. That's not pandemic related. I would say that the the pandemic has created a lot of interesting situations with personnel. Some personnel that were not going to be ready a year ago. See Taylor Sander on the men's side for Team USA, Faluka Akinrodawa on the on the women's side for Team USA. They would not have been ready had the Olympics occurred on schedule due to injury and then pregnancy. And I'll let you decide which one at which. And <laughs> now they're here, but the men get Taylor Sander back, but they lose Aaron Russell, who is out with a hip injury right before this Olympic Games, the end of his pro season. So I think that's where you're seeing the effect of the pandemic is just wear and tear on people for another year. And in some cases, rehab for another year. So some personnel are back, some personnel are not. And everyone's under the same gun of having to make an Olympic selection with about six weeks of training. Uh, first time national teams have trained in, in most every country in 18 months, or at that point, a little bit less. And then they had to pick an Olympic team and come to Tokyo. A lot of teams, we have no idea what they even have. Italy, Serbia did not bring their A teams to VNL on the women's side. Italy didn't bring the men's team to VNL either. So we have no idea how good they're going to be or not. Apparently not good enough to beat Canada in set one, though. Right. We're okay with that. We're all okay with that. No, well, <laughs> everyone except the Italian district of Toronto, where they were quite boisterous after the football team won the men's Euro. Yeah, they don't, they don't care. I mean... They also cheated to win, so I'm saying that right now. That's actually not correct. That's actually not correct, Justin. But we'll take that off air. We'll... That's a whole other pod. That's a whole other it episode. <laughs> it's coming to Rome. Just remember that. Anyway, um, just want to. You obviously started the year with the Athletes Unlimited Pro Volleyball Tournament, and it dovetailed into the Summer Olympics. Who are some of the players that? have crossed over from one tournament to the other that we should be looking out for in the women's competition? Jordan Larson is the most obvious one. She was by far the best player at Athletes Unlimited. She will play a prominent role for the United States, doing everything as she did in that particular event for her teams. And Betania De La Cruz is pretty much all they have down at uh, Dominican Republic. They have kind of the same group they've always had, a couple other good players, but Betania is going to carry a, a heavy, a heavy load in terms of what's expected of her offensively. Shayla Castro did not make the team. She was there towards the end, but did not make it. And that doesn't surprise me. I, I think she, we didn't see the best Shayla at AU. We saw an improving Shayla, but she's had better form. And I think she'll still regain some of that form if she stays healthy, just by virtue of having more hours of play following her starting a family. So look out for those two women here in Tokyo. All right. We'll do that. The note has already been made. Exactly. I love, uh, love getting kind of insight for those who are going to, we should look out for it's kind of, it works our favor for betting, but you know, here at pro sports podcasters bet what you can afford to lose moving forward. When it comes down to the men and women's section of everything, do you have a dark horse in either of these races? I divide them up in, in this way. I give you contenders mm -hmm. factors mm -hmm. and the rest. <laughs> That's how I like, I like to think about this. I like it a lot. That's your shirt. So some people get summarily dismissed, but that's okay in my mind. So if we take the men's side, for instance, and in order, Poland, Brazil, Russia, USA, and France are the contenders. So five teams. Mm -hmm. 
I think metal factors, and this is the way I think about factors, they're not going to stand on the metal stand, but they're going to beat somebody who does. They're going to determine some matchups. They're going to win some matches over teams and really affect how the final metal stand. Mm-hmm. So I think that's Italy, Iran, Canada, and Argentina. Okay. And the okay. rest are Japan, Tunisia, and Venezuela. Poor guys. And what about over on the women's side? Yeah, sliding over to the women's side, it's a, it's a little more tiered with that group. So in order, China, Serbia, USA, then Italy and Brazil. And I, I recently moved Brazil up into that contender spot. I had them as a factor for a while, but now I have them as more of a contender. I thought they played they played well in VNL, but we'll see when they encounter the more put-together competition of the Olympics. So then the factors, I have the ROC, mm. that is the Russian Olympic Committee team, Turkey, and maybe Korea or Japan, but probably not. So... <laughs> The rest then would be Dominican Republic, Argentina, Kenya, Korea, Japan. That's I think Japan's fair. really going to miss the fans. They normally carry some pretty terrific energy off the fans that mm-hmm. drives them to to higher heights than they are normally capable of. I mean, yeah. we've seen that with every sport this year, from basketball, football, soccer. You didn't have fans; you had basically nothing. And and you know, in Toronto, we have a guy named Pascal Siakam who didn't Justin. show up because. <laughs> Get that maple leaf energy out of, of this money. discussion. <laughs> I have a lot of ice in my veins for certain players. But moving forward, what makes China so dominant in uh, the women's side? I'm curious. It is a historic sport in terms of the country. Uh, mm-hmm. Much the way baseball is in our country, they, they've had volleyball as a sport for many, many years. Their coach, Jenny Longping, is a gold medalist in 84. Mm-hmm. And her nickname is the Iron Hammer which is one of the all-time great sporting nicknames in my mind. Mm-hmm. And she did the best coaching job I've seen in 2016. I've never seen a coach due to injury and matchup shuffle the dial as much as she did or with shuffle the dial that much and have the success that they did. I, I thought she played a role unlike most coaches play come tournament time. Cause usually as a coach, you do your job. Everything is more or less on the, on the table and you set the table and then the players go in and eat the meal or get in a food fight or spill it on the floor. It's up to them. You don't mm-hmm. really have a say in it, but I thought Jenny really had some controlling interest and made some key moves in 2016 that made a difference. So I think those factors and you have a billion people, folks like to kind of lump China in with some of the other parts of Asia and think, Oh, well, their team must not be very tall. Uh, no, they have mm-hmm. a billion people and Chinese people are not short. So there we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, where if you look at Japan, particularly on the men's side, you'll see it. Most of the world is about six, 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 seven mm. average height on their volleyball roster. Mm-hmm. Japan will probably average six, three or six, four right. across their roster. And they lack those middle guys. They usually have one tall guy or maybe two tall guys who are six, eight or something. Then everybody else about six, three, six, two they kind of have that hollowed out middle. And I think that's because if you look across their society, they're not a tall people. Hmm. Whereas if you go to Russia or you go to Holland, I mean, these are typically tall countries and they, they've fielded much taller teams uh, year in and year out. So the, the Japanese team suffers from that. And the, really the place you pay is in blocking. Japanese offense on the men's side, still fun to watch, really fun to watch. But 
they suffer a little bit in the blocking side of the game and just suffer too much. So they don't win those big matches. They, they lose just enough points to not be able to compete with the elite in the world. Mm. Yeah, that sucks. Um, you meant you touched on the Dutch briefly, and it will be remiss of me not to bring up the Dutch because the third member of this triumvirate is of Dutch heritage. So, Kevin, why don't we see the Dutch in either competition at the Olympics? What happened? They just don't have enough people to field enough players. They had one generation of incredible players on the men's side. They had Boss Van de Goor, Ron Zwerver. It was a it was a fantastic generation. Peter Blanchet. Hmm. Trying to think who else who else is on that team on the outside. Blanchet is the setter. I mean, it's just an incredible group in 1996, and they won the gold medal in Atlanta, and what was considered to be the greatest gold medal match in Olympic history. And the only argument with that might be the 2012 Russia versus Brazil comeback for Russia. So those two matches live in the pantheon of Olympic volleyball finals. So they had that generation. They just haven't had that same confluence of events. They've had some good players, but they haven't had players of quite that caliber. The women's side I thought was going to get over the hump. In 2016, they were very good. Uh, Jamie Morrison was coaching them, an American, but they had a good group that was both experienced with some youthful energy and and they they just never got to the point where they were beating the top teams on a regular basis. They could beat them once in a while. And then they failed to qualify out of Europe, which is a tall task. The team most similar to them here in this event on the women's side will be Turkey. Hmm. Turkey will be a, a factor, but I don't expect Turkey to be on the medal stand. And that's kind of how I would have felt about the Netherlands had they made it here. We'll see if they can put it together. They like volleyball. They just don't have enough people, I think. Right. It's as though you had to feel the team from just Illinois and go compete with the world. Yeah. You might be okay at times, but you're, you're, you're going to have a hard time competing with folks that are drawing from... 50 million or 100 or 200 million people. No doubt about it. Thanks for listening, and be sure to join the Pro Sports Podcasters Facebook group where you will be able to interact with the hosts and talk to other sports fans. Now back to the show. I'm sure on a personal note, you'd love to see the U.S. get up on the dais on both sides. Always. Mm. I can't show it on the broadcast. That's I know. not how NBC runs no. that, but <laughs> always. You can show it here. We, we won't tell anyone. I'm a fan. You know, look, I'm a fan of the game. I'm a fan. I'm alumni of the United States. End of story. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I'm sure if it came down to the final set and it was a tight finish and the U.S. wins gold on the final, in the final frame, I'm sure there'll be a bit of an excitement. I'm sure it would be hard to suppress it. Oh, yeah. No, go back to 2008. The men won. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Damn right I'm fired up. We were throwing <laughs> stuff around the booth when things were going poorly. Like <laughs> but you won't you won't hear that on the broadcast. You try and we try and give an even keel to everybody. Right. And at the end of the day, I, I don't care. <laughs> I get paid either way. It's yeah, like I'm yeah. a I'm a fan and it would be great to see, but it's not gonna ruin my day. Yeah. I have friends that also love the Philadelphia Eagles like I do, but that it ruins their whole day when they lose. They go, I don't know, that sucked, but on onward we go. I'm not living and dying with the birds. Well, it's funny you mention that because the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, we, got, we we need to talk about the Philadelphia sports landscape because, as you know, Justin may not know this, but I'm going to tell our listeners, Philadelphia Eagles fans once booed Santa, right? That's true. <laughs> They're ruthless. They don't, they don't muck around. So, 
Well, they don't care if you're Donovan McNabb or Nick Foles. If if you're not winning, they're going to give it to you. So, so what did Santa do? I feel like he was giving out gifts or giving out some merry cheer or something, but clearly it wasn't <laughs> enough. <laughs> there's a there's quite a few good little docs on that on that whole scenario, and they interviewed a guy who was the kid in the Santa suit that ended up out there getting booed. It's pretty funny. <laughs> but yes, notoriously ruthless people. They'll throw D batteries at you from the upper deck. That's not good. No one wants to catch a D battery. No. Even a double A would hurt, but a D is potentially deadly. A D that's that's sizable. That's got especially from up top. Yeah. But what's... I prefer to take triple A's. I'll take triple yeah, A's some, all day, but give me like a watch battery. A <laughs> no and don't just <laughs> Yeah, throw those all you want. And don't be stingy. <laughs> if you're gonna throw Triple A batteries, throw two or four. Then I can replace them my remote control and I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to use these things in pairs. I can't use one dead one and one bad one. Exactly. Or one good one, I mean. Don't be cheap. Yeah. Don't yeah. be like that. Either go go all in or don't throw anything. Now, <laughs> Jalen Hurts, where are we at with him this season? Where, no, no. Where are we at with oh, him and also Jalen Waddle, who got drafted so early? No, year? it's going to be a bad year. I'm, yeah. I'm mentally prepared for it just to be an awful year. I don't think Jalen Hurts is the solution they think he is. I think Carson Wentz was terrible. Doug Peterson did him no favors with the play calling, which is unimaginative at best and horrid at its worst. And you just you you have no weapons at wide receiver. You haven't for years. Deshaun Jackson playing two games in a season is not a weapon. (laughs) And I don't know what happened to Alshon Jeffrey. He disappeared. He's in the witness protection program. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know, I was living in Kansas under an assumed name. I'm not sure. So it, it's an issue. It's going to be a rough year. I'm prepared. I'm considering the status of my Sunday ticket subscription. And uh, that will be, it's TBD, TBD after the Olympics. Okay. Now, would you, I am mindful that NBC also broadcasts NFL. So I would like to remind our listeners that the views shared on this show are individual only and uh that's where that's where it's at but howie roseman yay or nay as a gm oh no he screwed up howie's got to go <laughs> too many drops of that's not even, what kind of, it's not even a question that you should just phrase that in a statement yeah okay <laughs> howie <laughs> roseman goodbye yeah when i saw that draft i thought yeah this has to stop <laughs> they they pushed well, out a coach. quicker way to ruin your franchise quarterback you gave him a hundred million dollars and you draft a quarterback when he has no wide receivers Hello? Yeah, and you pushed out his coach. <laughs> Doug Peterson, if I'm not mistaken, is a world champion. And what? You pushed him out so that you can have the GM who's agreeable to ownership. Okay, great. The, the GM doesn't do the X's and O's. The GM doesn't throw the passes. Have fun with that. Well, just look at the wide receiving core for the Eagles over the last five years. Uh, after oh. the Super Bowl year. And tell me... Tell me what Howie Roseman is thinking, please. Uh, well, when that JJ, that J.J. Ortega-Whiteside pick was made, the, the, the number of players oh that came God. after him that are, that are putting up 1,000-yard seasons and, or you know high-production seasons, it's, it's embarrassing. But, Justin, mm. this is turning into the Eagle Rant session. So, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> bail I, us I, out, I've bail re- us out, man. And, and don't bring up the Maple Leafs. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, I've been Googling, and apparently the Eagles are predicted by some sources to actually make the playoffs. And I was like, interesting. Wow. Uh, I don't know what to do uh, with yeah, that information. I Dallas but... could implode again. That's yeah, possible. If, but... if, if Dallas implodes and New York keep on New Yorking, uh, with the extra game, it is possible. But 
They're not winning that division. I think that's Washington's division to win. They have the uh, defense nice. to win it. Yeah. Um, you guys do have a Super Bowl winner in your quarterback room, so that helps. Yeah, because Joe Flacco and Jalen Hurts are just about the same style of QB. Yeah, so Jalen Hurts is going to run the ball up, and then Joe Flacco will do the short yardage stuff, like throw it within 10 yards, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Flacco's like Dan Marino. He's just going to stand there and get clobbered. Yep. Now, I guess I know you're restricted in Japan. You, you can't really move around a lot, but have you been able to take in some of the snacks on, in Tokyo, like from the convenience store? Uh, I had some meat pellets. Those weren't bad. It's kind of like dog treats. I saw the photo of that on your Instagram. Follow Kevin <laughs> at Kev Barn 14 if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. And on That's correct. There we go. But I have a full-time job now working for a company called Carbide 3D. They are makers of the Shapeoko CNC, which I have used for the last five years. Now I'm their director of content. So you can check out Carbide 3D on Instagram and on YouTube, and that's all my content there. You'll find me ranting about various machine things. <laughs> or just seeing Very, that. <laughs> various <laughs> machine things. Love it. Um, so if I'm not mistaken, in Tokyo right now, it's almost 1030, correct? Yes, it is. Oh, my iPad still thinks I'm in the States. So yeah, I think <laughs> 1030 in the morning. I get up at 430 now, so I get so much done. I'm like better than the U.S. Army. I get more done before 6 a.m. than they get done most you're all day. That, so. You're on that salary man life already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Are, are, are you smashing the sake and hitting the karaoke at the end of the night as well? We should, but you can't. There, it doesn't exist here. We've been doing barbecues out back is what we've been doing. They'll uh, they'll bring out the meats for you that you order and then let you barbecue. So <laughs> we've done that a couple of times. So it's like Korean barbecue. We went barbecue. to Tepeyaki. That that cost four hundred and seventy five thousand dollars, I think, for a party of eight. Yeah, and uh, and that was fun. But we're gonna need the NBC credit card to go back. I was, I was just about to say, just charge up to NBC. They they're good for it. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, we need to invite an executive to hang out with us and pick up the check. Yeah, that's it. Just get him on Zoom or something. Just say it's a business meeting or something. It'll work. Exactly. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, what uh, what are you gonna have for lunch over there? Like, what's your go to meal? Well, we have NBC catering for lunch. Breakfasts are excellent in the hotel, as always in Japan. Eggs and rice are a good combination. Mm-hmm. But the the restrictions are keeping us just in the hotel and the venue. That's it. We, we don't have any other options, really. Uh, but I just whatever they put in front of me, I don't know what it is since I can't read Japanese, so I just eat it. That's my that's the way I operate. <laughs> you should have brought me with you. I could have help, helped you out. I did a, I did Japanese. Speak Japanese or read Japanese? He, do- that, yeah, he does. It's weird. I, did it, I did it in high school. I went on exchange twice to Japan. Wow. And then I was back there five years ago. So I can still drop some lines. And my re- my reading is probably my, I wouldn't say my, my best, but listening first, reading second, speaking third, writing a very distant last. <laughs> that is incredible. I'm, I'm blown away. It's not easy to learn Japanese. It's not. It's it's also not easy to maintain, <laughs> but uh, I, that's one thing I'm enjoying about these Olympics. I know that it's restricted and whatnot, but it does bring back a lot of memories for sure. And the Japanese will put on a very good show. Uh, Canada's up yes, two nothing. In this they, they are an incredible, incredibly organized and conscientious people, and it's a shame that 
the world is missing out on meeting the Japanese people and, and what they do, kind of the way that everybody met Sydney and the Australians and then the Brits in London. And the people really made those events special, I thought. Yeah. And it would have been the same here in, in such a different way. And for those that haven't been to Japan previously, to experience the diligent politeness and organization mm. of Japan is a joy. Yeah. With that in mind, I have to ask, you brought up Sydney and... In case you missed it, listeners, the Summer Olympics are going back to Australia in 2032. They're going to Brisbane. Have you been to Brisbane, Kevin? Yeah, I've not been to Brisbane. I don't think. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember if we've been to Brisbane. Maybe I have, actually. We went to Surfer's Paradise. Yeah, I think we fl- didn't you fly into Brisbane to go to Surfer's Paradise? I, uh, that makes sense. Ba- back in the day, you might have. They... They have an airport at the Gold Coast, but it's a small airport. So if you're in the yeah. car for about 45 minutes to an hour, you probably yep. arrived in Brisbane. Brisbane gets the Olympics. Brisbane's will be nice because it rains. They get winter for like one day a year, and I believe this year it was on a Wednesday. So there'll be no worries about <laughs> rain or bad weather because it's very tropical. It's They have a wet and a dry season, so that should be good. Good for everyone. Now I've got to ask, Tokyo brings like all these memories. Have you tried Pocky, the, the Japanese snack Pocky? Do you like Pocky? Oh, of course. Excellent. Of course. Who doesn't like Pocky? I mean, it's a it's a yogurt or chocolate covered pretzel, for God's sakes. You'd be surprised who doesn't like it. <laughs> who? I don't talk to them anymore. Uh, as you should. Canadians? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, there's a mall in Canada, and specifically in Ontario, called uh, Pacific Mall. And that is basically every knockoff you can get from any product ever, but also authentic Asian food. So there is where I experienced my first Pocky when I was like 17. Changed my life. <laughs> I'm very <No>. strategical. <laughs> it's an interesting strategy you have there, Justin. Strategy is the word. I can't even make up the word that he made up. <laughs> That's a President Bush one. That was, uh, that was President Bush. Some of his Talking quotes are hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some people misunderestimate. He used to say that, that they were really funny. They'd be funnier if he wasn't in charge of the, the world's superpower. Yeah, and then know. along came the, the next Republican president. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of Voldemort. You know, he who shall not be named. He who shall not be named. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I have to ask. I know it's summertime. It's July. But... Are we going to see you back in the AU commentary booth for 2022? As far as I know, I think they haven't decided when it's going to happen exactly. I believe it's supposed to still happen in Dallas. But they've been focused on starting their lacrosse season, which started, I believe, this weekend. Yes. Starting up. So they, mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're pretty fired up on that. And I imagine they'll circle back after they get through softball in the fall. And, and then I'll hear some more about it. But right now, they are ensconced in lacrosse. Yep. I'd, I'd, I've never understood why lacrosse isn't at the Olympics, by the way. I know this is speaking out of school, but that that's always intrigued me. Anyway, maybe it'll turn up in Los I've Angeles. I've never understood why golf got brought back into the Olympics. Okay. Well, there we go. That, that's that's another one. I mean, there's <laughs> I guess there's questions marks over a few sports that are in there. We spoke to the CEO of USA Weightlifting, and there's talk that that might be kicked out of the Olympics. So I, I wonder what the IOC is doing sometimes, but it's not for me to question. 
Sure it is. <laughs> Somebody has to. Sweet. And remember, there you go. I know it's hard for you to put food on your family. George Bush, circa 2000. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Apparently he said, Actually, I know it's quite how hard easy. It is. You just throw it at them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm reading a list of things. <laughs> Rarely is the question asked, is our children learning? <laughs> I like that one. Do you ever read the uh, the Chuck Norris quotes, the made up Chuck Norris stuff? No, never. Chuck Norris doesn't sleep; he waits. Oh, <laughs> those ones! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of those. <laughs> yeah, like underneath his there's, beard. There's, there's, the there's about four or five that are really good. Nice. Uh, oh, I found a new favorite one. Yeah. I know the human being and a fish can coexist peacefully. <laughs> what? Anyways, sorry, I, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I gotta this. Anyways, boss, it was a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, cool. Love it. Thanks for having me back. All right, man. Anytime, boss. It was a pleasure. <laughs>